Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. Before we get started, since January is finally coming to a close, I want to personally invite you to join us for a new month on Let's Read the Gospels podcast. It's our podcast where we, you guessed it, read the Gospels. I continue to be blown away by how this practice keeps teaching me and changing me and how much I love spending time with Jesus and with so many of you this way and how much this is mattering to y'all. I mean, every single day you're tagging me on socials and I just love it. So be sure you're subscribed to the Let's Read the Gospels podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, go subscribe to Let's Read the Gospels and that you've grabbed your guidebook or your reading plan at AnnieFDowns.com slash gospels. So you're ready to get started on Wednesday, February 1st. And even though we've tried to make them easy, you know we're not expecting you to remember that URL or any others. Just pop to the show notes below, and here's what we will find links to. All of our partners, the transcript of the show, tickets for the Here For You tour, our book of the month, and that free three-day devotional that you can download, the spot to sign up for AFD Week in Review newsletter, and all the gospel information. Literally everything is right below you in the show notes. And one more quick thing before we dive into today's conversation, I want to share about one of our amazing sponsors, BetterHelp. When you're firing on all cylinders mentally and and emotionally, you're more likely to feel empowered and confident to show up no matter what your day holds as the you that you want to be. But sometimes life can get us down, right? And you may feel overwhelmed or like you can't see a clear direction. A helpful way to get closer to that healthier version of yourself is to see a therapist. I know our team wouldn't mind me saying this, but it is a very common occurrence around the double wide for one of us to say, my counselor and I are working on this, or I've got therapy this afternoon, so I'll be leaving a few minutes early. We know through personal experience just how helpful therapy can be. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient and flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, Jennifer Rothschild. Jennifer is an amazing Bible teacher and writer. She's written eight video-based Bible studies. She's the founder and featured teacher of the Fresh Grounded Faith Women's Events, and she's the host of the 413 Podcast. She's fun and funny while also going deep and staying down to earth. I am so honored to get to be a part of some of the Fresh Grounded Faith Events with Jennifer this year, including this coming weekend. I am thrilled for y'all to get to know her if you don't already. She's also on episode 161 of the podcast, so you can get twosies today if you're a new friend of Jennifer's. Jennifer has been blind since the age of 15, and that's just part of her amazing journey and toolbox for the generous way that she teaches. Her latest Bible study is about the book of Amos, and you're like, sorry, Annie, but why Amos? And literally, that's what I asked too. So we're going to talk about it. You're going to adore her. So here is my conversation with Jennifer Rothschild. 
Jennifer Rothschild. Welcome back to That Sounds Fun. I am so happy to be with you. What I've missed you. I well, know. I say I've missed you. I hear you every week. <laughs> So we you just miss each me. other's presences. Yes. yes, that's it. But here in 2023, we're not going to miss each other very much. I'm no. not giving you much of a chance. No, I'm so happy we're going to be so together so happy. often. Okay, yes. let me tell everybody, you are the founder, is that true, that's of Fresh true. Grounded Faith Conferences. Mm-hmm. And of the eight of them next year around the country, mm-hmm. you have graciously allowed me to join you for half of them. Yes. You were like, I can handle you 50% of the time, <laughs> Annie. <laughs> so let me just tell everybody the dates in case they are around and want to join us. February 3rd and 4th in Cumming, Georgia. Kind of get to start on my home turf. Mm-hmm. March 31st and first, and April 1st in Fort Worth. These are the four I'll be at. Right. September 23rd and 22nd in Plant City, Florida. Where's Plant City? Oh, it's it's that is the strawberry capital of the world. <gasps> what? Okay. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, you're going to love Plant City. Oh, I'm very excited. Okay. And then November 3rd and 4th in Springfield, Missouri. So. Yes. Okay. Tell me about Fresh Grounded Faith. Why would you even start this thing? <laughs> well, so we want our faith to be fresh, and yeah. we want our faith to be grounded, right? And so what it is, Fresh Grounded Faith, we do them all across the country. We've done them for 14 years. Oh, my gosh. And they are events that are for women— And what they do is they connect women, they unify churches. So like a large church in the community opens their doors graciously, and then all the smaller churches co-host the event. Oh my gosh, they all co-host it together. Yes, so it becomes kingdom-minded. Wow. And I'm telling you, we have seen the Lord move just last year through the Fresh Grounded Faiths. You know, when things began to open back up, of course, women were ready to gather again. But the coolest thing, Annie, is I'm seeing the Holy Spirit move in such a fresh way. I mean, women coming to Christ, women becoming refreshed in their faith, women becoming connected to other women in Bible study. I mean, I'm so jazzed. Yeah. I mean, I would love to you to back us up a little bit to that first year, or maybe if you've done it 14 years, take us back 16 years. (laughs) When you're an author, you're you're already traveling and speaking at conferences. Right. And and at some point, what was the trigger that you said, you know what, not only do I want to participate, I actually see a vision for hosting these. What's the, what was the shift? The shift was realizing how many times I was having to say the word no. Wow. And it broke my heart because here's the thing. As the Lord began to multiply ministry for me, of course, opportunities began to grow. And so many churches would have smaller gatherings because most churches are smaller, right? Yes. And so I had young children at the time. I could not be gone every single weekend, so I had to, out of stewardship of my family and ministry, say no to smaller churches— and yes to larger ones. Which we don't, that's not the, no, we God, don't. That's not like kingdom no. yeses and no's, but no. it's, it, it's it was, what we have to do. Yeah. It was stewardship at the time. Interesting. And I hated it. I yeah. hated it because I love the local church. Yes. Size does not indicate validity. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So and I, I'm on the teaching team of a very big church, and I love big churches. Right. I love them. But I, I love, love big the small and ones I love too. small. Right. Because yeah. Jesus loves the church. That's it. So having to say no bothered me so much. And so it was my husband and I actually that came together with this. This vision of what if a large church in town yeah. also begin, becomes the yes for the smaller churches. Wow. And so that's how it began. And as we developed Fresh Grounded Faith and all these smaller churches that I could not necessarily go to individually, they could come together and bring this kingdom-minded event yeah. to a city. And then, of course, you know, let's just say that the title of the conference is Fresh Grounded Faith because I love coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like almost as much as Jesus and my husband. I love it so much. And so... Um, Literally, it has that feel. It's yeah. just as relaxed and inviting as a coffee shop. So if a woman's been to church for 80 years and teaches Bible study, she's going to feel right at home. Yeah. But if a woman hasn't come to church since she was eight years old and her grandmother drug her there, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. She's going to feel totally just as welcome as she would at her local coffee shop. What amazes me is when women start their walk with Jesus at conferences like this. Mm-hmm. Because what makes someone who doesn't believe in Jesus go to a thing called Fresh Grounded mm-hmm. Faith? Or any of them. It's not a, it's a, how how do we get them there? How does God do that? Well, he does it through us. I mean, we're his best plan Mm. for reaching out to each other. For better or for worse, right? right? (laughs) Just shows how much he trusts his spirit in us. But yeah, and so that's why even last year when we were seeing so many, like one event, there were 13 women who came to Christ. That is unbelievable. And it's a largely Christian conference, obviously. Well, the reason those 13 women came to Christ is because a woman loved them enough 
to bring them. And yeah. we're super careful. That's why I'm so thankful you're a part of this, Annie, because we're super careful not to assume every woman there knows Jesus right, yet. Right, right. And so when I present fresh grounded truth, yeah. we do it in a way where we don't expect, maybe not everybody knows where the book of Deuteronomy is. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So every woman feels loved and known and seen and welcome, yeah. whether she's a seeker or whether she's a Bible teacher. Yeah, I, I think I'm both. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Me too. Me too. I'm living in both. So something we started this year is we have a new podcast called Let's Read the Gospels, mm. where I am reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John every month on mm. a podcast. And people can just listen. So it's just 30 days mm-hmm. and, and to get through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So today they're hearing us on January 30th. So we're about to start the Gospels all over again on February 1st. Wow. So Will you talk a little bit about what the Gospels mean to you? Like, mm-hmm. especially for the women who who are maybe newer to their faith and, and men listening too, why are the Gospels a good place to start? Well, the whole thing starts with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He is what the Bible calls the Alpha yeah. and the Omega, meaning yeah. the beginning and the end. So the Gospels are the story of Christ, and it's really our story. Yeah. And so I think that when we read the Gospels and why they're so important, and, and I'm glad you're doing this, Annie, too, because I need to revisit them all the time. Yes. Because that's the core. It, it exposes our need. Yes. It exposes who our Savior is. And it makes us fall in love with Him over and over and over every yeah. time. And you know what I look at too, Annie? When you really get a good picture of Jesus, you get to get a picture of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then your need is more exposed. And then the need, right. <laughs> right? And then you love Him more because you realize He right. loves me. Right. So it's just, it's such a spiritually healthy and humbling thing to do. Yeah. It really is. I was sitting with a coach yesterday, and I was saying back to her, as she was saying, here's the things we're going to work on. I said, I feel like I can't do all that. Mm-hmm. And she said, great. Mm-hmm. She said, because behavior does not change first. Your heart changes first, and then your behavior follows. Yeah. If you change your behavior first, you can force yourself to be someone different, but eventually that will wear off. Yeah. And so to me, tell me if this feels true to you. You're a much more seasoned Bible teacher than I am. But it feels to me like when I'm in the Gospels, I've looped the Gospels 12 times a couple of times now. Hmm. It feels like it's this reminder that I don't have what it takes. Yeah. That I can't change myself. Only Jesus can change me. Yeah. And what it helps me with, um, it becomes a measure for me of, like you said, to to recognize my great need. But like even just a few days ago, okay, I can't even remember what it was that prompted it, but I went to look at Jesus at his behavior yeah. because there was, and I was reading in the Gospel of John, and when, when Jesus is described, it said he was full of grace and truth, right? Yeah. And I was in the midst of something where I needed both. And so right, for whatever right. reason, I, I guess... In, I was thinking, okay, 50% grace, 50% truth. And then I looked at Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and I thought, he wasn't 50% grace. He wasn't 50% truth. He was 100% grace, yes, 100% yes, truth. Yes. And, it, and it helped. It really informed this, the situation I was dealing with Yes, for me to be 100% grace and 100% yes. truth. Wow. That's why I need the gospel. Yes. And that is who he is, right? Mm-hmm. He is 100% of both. Mm-hmm. Man, what a gift. I, I imagine a lot of our friends are listening and thinking, here's what I need. I need this, this, this. And you go, yeah, Jesus was 100% that. Yeah. So you can just go read about him or listen about him. Yeah. He's all of that. Yeah. And yet your most recent Bible study you're writing, <laughs> you wrote, is on Amos. The Old like Testament. This <laughs> tiny little bad mood guy <laughs> stuck in the middle of the minor prophets. He is such a downer. He's such a downer. And yet your your book has these beautiful figs on the front and it looks so friendly, but you're inviting us all to the like Mm-hmm. Doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Annie F. Downs, <laughs> you are about to rebrand Amos. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. You already did it. I just want to hear We're going to make Amos famous. Here's why. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay, so literally I opened my book, Amos, An Invitation to the Good Life, with this story of me wondering why in the world would a woman want to read the book of Amos? Yeah. And why would she want to study it? Because yes. you're right. It is full of doom, gloom, yes. condemnation. Things were not going well. Yes. All right? And he's quick to tell everybody about it. So I'm sitting in the hospital room, 
All right. My daddy is sick and my little niece is with me. Yeah. And she's only about 13 and she's reading a book. My dad, we knew he didn't have many days left on this earth. And so Juliet's reading a book and I'm doing nervous chatter. I don't know if you do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to fill every moment of silence with meaningless chatter. (laughs) And so um, I'm like, Juliet, what are you doing? What's the book about? You know, and so she said to me that the book was about a horse. Yeah. And I, I said, oh, no, Juliet. Juliet loves animals. Like she's super sensitive about animals. Like you cannot kill a roach in her presence without a meltdown. And so I said, oh no, are you nervous? Because like, I know how much you love animals and the the horse might get injured. The horse might die. Like an old yeller story. Exactly. Horse edition. Yeah. Right. Which I try to avoid because I don't like that. Okay. She pauses and she said, oh no, I'm not worried about that, Aunt Jennifer, because the horse is the narrator. And I Mm. sat there for a minute, totally like dumbfounded. And she said, well, Aunt Jennifer... If the horse is the narrator, then I know the story will end well. Wow. So I'm sitting on my brown couch at home reading Amos for the 40th or 50th time thinking, Lord, why would a woman want to read this? Yeah. And then I thought of that hospital room. And it was like the Lord said, because hope is the narrator of Amos. Wow. And that means the book ends well. So what I did, Annie, I went through every condemnation in the book of Amos, and there are a lot. Yes. (laughs) And I asked the question, what if, what if Israel had had sought God like he had invited Mm, them to? He said, seek me and live. What if they had done that? Then it would have avoided all these condemnations. Yes. So I flipped all those condemnations on their heads and I turned them into invitations. Wow. And if we accept these invitations, then we avoid the condemnation. But better than that, y'all, if we accept those invitations, then we live the best life ever. Yes. And that's what I learned from the book of Amos. Yes. Hey friends, just interrupting real quick to share about one of our newest partners, Upside. You probably already know this about me, but I love a live experience. Live music, live sports, live tours, live theater. I love everything about them. However, it can get expensive. Tickets and travel and concessions because I need a Coke Icy, especially with price hikes lately. That's why I have to tell you about my new favorite way to save, Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or eats out. With Upside, I get cash back on every purchase. That I can then use to fund my Nashville SC addiction. It's basically cash back for just doing you. Upside offsets the crazy inflated prices by giving you cash back on purchases you're going to make anyway. At the gas pump, yes. At the grocery store, also, yes. It's so simple. Just a few clicks and cash back. So I never have to decide between an icy or pizza at the stadium. I have enough for both. To get started, you just download the free Upside app. Use my promo code, that sounds fun, and get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first first tank of gas. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, then pay as usual with a credit card or debit, follow the steps in the app, and get paid. And I love this, but Upside knows that your information is a vital part of their trusted relationship with you, so they won't sell your personal information to third parties. Upside users are earning hundreds of dollars a year, which probably explains why they have a 4.8 star rating in the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code That Sounds Fun to get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas using the promo code That Sounds Fun. And I want to tell you about another one of our incredible partners that you know I love, Thrive Cosmetics. I am 100% in on great makeup and skincare products that also gives us a chance to support organizations that help their communities thrive. And that is exactly what we get with Thrive Cosmetics. We're talking high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, and they put the word cause right there in their name because every purchase you and I make supports things like helping to infuse hope into the women served by the National Breast Cancer Foundation in Texas. That's just one of the many organizations that Thrive Cosmetics cosmetic supports. Y'all know I've already recruited everyone I know to Team Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, but Thrive's Brilliant Eye Brightener is such a great companion. It's this highlighter stick that goes on so creamy, but it has this powdery finish, and it immediately brightens and opens up your eyes like an instant eye lift. You can use it as eyeshadow or as a little highlighter in the corner of your eyes to make you look well-rested and bright-eyed. And don't even get me started on their Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint, y'all. 
It comes in six different universally flattering shades, and it lasts for like six hours. It glides on really evenly and deeply hydrates your lips while giving you just a hint of tint. It'll be your go-to lip, I'm telling you. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash TSF. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash T-S-F for 15% off your first order. And now back to our conversation with Jennifer. Can I ask you a question about reading the Bible? Mm -hmm. For our friends who are listening that may not know you're blind. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you read? Do you listen? What's your what's your reading life like? Well, I, so I read a ton uh-huh. with my ears. Okay. So I am not the best role model for blind people. I never learned Braille. Okay. But I listen on audio. I always, you can ask my husband, all my people, I have always an earbud in my ear, and I am always listening to something when I'm not intentionally doing something else. So like when I'm studying Amos, I literally am listening to it over and over and over and over and over. So you're catching all these invitations. Mm -hmm. And then do you, so when I do it, when I stop on that page, I'm just staring at that section and going, okay, what do I get out of this? Mm -hmm. So what is your version of staring at a section? Yeah, I will literally, so I use a Bible app, which I love called Dwell. Yes. Dwell has what they call Dwell Mode. Okay. Where you can set it so that once it stopped reading something, it just plays music and gives you a chance to ponder. So, so I will use that. Or if I'm using a different Bible app that where I'm just using the print, my iPhone will read it to me, you know, so I'll just constantly swipe and scroll back and I'll just literally have it repeat over and over and over. So it might be a little more time intensive, but hey, faith comes by hearing. So I guess I'm good in that department. (laughs) That's right. And then you're writing on a computer. Are you dictating to the computer? No, I type. So my computer, it's like any other laptop, but I have a, um, computer program called JAWS. Uh-huh. And literally JAWS reads everything to me. So every keystroke. Um, so I don't use a mouse. So like if yours ever goes out, like I am your girl. I know every yeah. key command you could ever <laughs> need. Um, but it ty- it reads everything I'm typing. It reads back to me. And so that's how I do it. That's how I write. What do you know about the Bible that I don't know because you are hearing it instead of seeing it? <sighs> That's a hard question for me to answer, but I can tell you what I recognize. Yeah. I recognize that God's voice is tender. Oh, wow. So even in the book of Amos, and here's how I know it's tender, because sometimes when I'm listening to scripture, I'm listening to a human voice reading it to me, like what you're doing with the gospels, right? But most of the time, I'm listening to a digital voice, which sounds like this when it is reading and is often not animated at all. You know what I'm saying? It's not pretty. Right. Right. But it's beautiful. Mm. And so that's what I mean by I've been able to hear the tenderness of God's voice through his word, even in the most unanimated, least lovely voices. And it's because his word, it really is beautiful. It really is beautiful. So how many times do you think you've listened to the Bible start to finish? Oh, gosh, I don't know, because I'm not super systematic. I know that's a way to measure it, which I haven't done. But I'm listening every day. Yeah. I'm listening every day. That's incredible. Um, So, gosh, I couldn't tell you. But I also, when I could see, because, by the way, for your friends who don't know me yet— I was not born blind, yes. so I could see clearly till I was 15. And I used to read my little red leather Bible yeah. every night yeah. before I went to bed. So I don't know. God's got his word in me somehow yes. over the years, and I'm thankful Do he Do you has. still picture it in your mind as you're listening? Well, you know what? I will actually hold sometimes just to help yeah. the process stay yeah. fresh to me. I will hold my dad's first preaching Bible wow. that he gave me. And I'll literally just kind of smell the leather and hear the pages yeah. rustle yeah. while I'm listening to yeah. Scripture. So, I mean, as you're listening through, what made you stop on Amos? I mean, you were like, this is two and one half minutes long of the Bible, but I want to do a whole eight-week study on it. Yeah. Well, here's what it is. I got to admit it. I have a crush on the minor prophets. (laughs) You like all of them. I love all of them. (laughs) They suffered, man. I mean, when you read about what Jeremiah's life was actually like and Amos and Obadiah, I mean, they really suffered for for God. Well, they they were countercultural. 
They stood up. They were who God called them to be. They did what he called them to do. And that just so inspires me. And I think, too, even just the characters. You you know, you've got Hosea. You've got Haggai. You've got Amos. Very different men. But God used each of them according to their individuality and according to the need of the culture. That's who I want to be. I don't need to be Annie wow. F. Downs, just like Annie doesn't need to be Jennifer. Sure. We need to be who God's called us to be, yeah. stand up in this culture and with gentleness, grace, and truth, yeah. be who God's called us to be. Okay, so that's, I think that's what just, once I finished, I had just finished writing a couple of years ago a Bible study on the book of Haggai, and yes. I was just so mesmerized by it. Yeah. But I thought, well, let me see what else these guys have to say. And I guess- Because <laughs> you did Hosea too. I did Hosea. And Amos, You're just working your way through. <laughs> Amos is a little harsh, okay? Yes. Like, there's one point, Annie, if anybody does read the book of Amos, like, if you get to chapter four, you're like, okay, God just called a bunch of women cows. I mean, like, this is, like, pretty harsh stuff. Yeah. Until you understand the cultural context. Yeah. It's still an insult, but not as bad as it would be in our culture. That's right. Okay, but anyway, my point is, when I read through it the first time, I was like, man, this guy is, like— rough, but God is good. So I got to get underneath these words and see where the kindness of God shows up in these words. Wow. What a beautiful model of when we bump into scripture that does not make us feel good, we Mm. should actually stay there, not leave. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. That is really interesting because my inclination, uh, our friends listening know this, but like, I think Paul is fine. I think he, I think the whole Bible is true. I think Paul's a good guy. I'm not going to like get in line first to talk to him when we get to heaven. Y'all can all have him. Me and Peter are going to hang out, but after Jesus, of course. But when, but sometimes what I feel like you're teaching me now is sometimes when I bump up against Paul's personality and his writings, instead of going, ugh, and moving on, I should stop and say, what about this is showing me God's kindness? Right. Ah, wow. Because when you think about it, like a Paul or an Amos, who were pretty, you know, they weren't really concerned with people's feelings. No, they were not. (laughs) They were not. They are probably (laughs) such good friends in heaven right now. They are. Well, just imagine, and I did this when I was writing Amos, that I was sitting at coffee with him. Mm -hmm. We might have had some things in common with our personality, other things we would handle differently, but same God. Mm -hmm. So teach me, Amos. Teach me who my God is from your perspective. Yeah, because I, I I preach a big game about we should all just get along with each other in these polit in political times, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in social justice. Like, what if we loved first? But then I'm also the one who's like, Paul, I'm not interested in being your friend, <laughs> so I'm not even modeling great. But what I know from your Amos study, the subtitle was an invitation to the good life. Is sometimes it is the like doom and gloom moments and and the the harsher text that is actually teaching you how to shape your life well. Yeah, let's just be honest. I mean, the the same, like I mentioned earlier, the same God who is 100% grace is 100% truth. Yes. And he loves us too much to allow us just to flounder yep. in our own uncertainty. And so a book like Amos says, hey, you want to you wanna live your best life? Then you live a life of faithfulness. Yeah. You live a life of justice. You yes. live a life of humility. And I'm... I've learned that the Lord really has laid those boundaries down in very pleasant places. Oh, I love that verse. Right? And yes. when we hang out there, we do live our best yes. lives. Yes. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. That's right. I mean, the last time you we were on the show, we were talking about Psalm 23. Oh, really? Okay. And yeah. so is the Old Testament, do you like digging there more than the New Testament? Or is that just where you've been drawn so far? I love digging in the whole Old Testament, probably because I love history, too. Yeah, I love yeah. history. And I love how Jesus is the fulfillment of that law. Yes. I love how the New Testament is like the yes and amen of yeah, all God did in yeah. the Old Testament. So I just, you know, I love roots and history, and I like to go back and learn all that. The other thing I love about your Amos study is there's a map of Israel in the back. This shows us where everything is. I went to Israel in October of mm-hmm. 2022 and just— I. Fell love in it. love. Oh, I love it so much. Aww. It was my third time going. And I just, it is the most special to stand in these places. Mm. And so why was it important to you to have a map? What happens in Amos that is that, that helps for us to see where Bethel is and, and where Damascus is? Why is that helpful? Well, because Amos actually didn't live there. He lived in the southern kingdom of Judah in a town called Tekoa. And oh, yeah, I see it right by yeah. the Dead Sea. So he's a fig farmer. Oh. He's a sheep herder, which I love this, Annie, because he's just doing his thing. And God calls him yeah. to go up basically to the big city, yeah. to Sin City and start preaching. And Oof. they didn't want to hear his sermons. Yes. But he left the comfort of his home, yeah. what he knew, what he thought his identity was. 
and he went according to his chosenness and was faithful. Okay, so that's part of the reason I have a map there. The other thing that I thought was the coolest thing ever, and this is why I include the map, in the first chapter of Amos, like you hear all this woe to so-and-so, woe to Edom, woe. And so God's calling out all these enemy nations because they've misbehaved. And that includes Israel and Judah too. Okay, but the point is he's calling out everybody. Well, if you look at the map, you see that all those enemy nations are surrounding Israel. And God is saying basically to all of them, woe to you. And basically, I'm going to burn you down. You're going to be on fire. Well, if you visualize that, you see a ring of fire surrounding God's chosen people of Israel. And what is it that God said? I believe it's in the book of Zechariah, that I will be a ring of fire around her and I will be the glory in her midst. Wow. I mean, we can live assured when we know that even though it feels like we're surrounded by enemies— Oh, we are surrounded by the yeah. presence of God. Yeah. Have you been to Israel? I have bunch? never been. No. <gasps> never. I was supposed to go during the pandemic, and that oh, was one no. of the things I didn't get to do. But here's the thing. I figure there's going to come a day when my eyes will see and I will reign in yeah. the New Jerusalem yeah. along with all the other saints. Yes. I'm going to see it 2020 then. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're going to see it when there is, we need no sun. That's right. When Jesus will be the sun of yes. the whole country. Yes. Um, I know that's one of the interesting things about being there when you're in Jerusalem. It's a conversation some of my friends and I had of like, I mean, we'll all be back here technically, yes. which does not make any sense of how it's going to work. But yeah, the, I can't wait. The end of the Bible says yeah. there will be a new heaven and a new earth and Jesus will reign from Jerusalem, Yes, which is just going to be awesome. It's mm. going to be awesome. Bring to it see. on. Okay. So what does Amos tell us? Uh, well, he's known for social justice. Yeah, he is. And for going like, do you see the people that no one else sees? Mm-hmm. Did you decide on Amos before 2020? No. Can you believe that though? Wow. But as I was reading it, I, uh, I've, I, I'll be honest. I felt a little nervous. Yes. Because you step into the social justice arena. Yep. And some people are angry at you because they call you woke. Yep. Some people feel like you need to stay in your own lane. Yep. I mean, it's really— Some people think you didn't do enough. Didn't Right. right. And can we ever really do enough? Right. So it's a hard thing. And that, I got to be honest, was one of the things I hesitated. Because I'm like, I don't love controversy, Lord. I I really don't. (laughs) Me neither. I don't want to be anyone's poster child for something that I don't feel confident about. Yes. But what I learned from Amos is that social justice is not activism. Oh, wow. It's righteous action fueled by love. Righteous action fueled, fueled by, by love. love. Okay, I'm okay. writing that down. And here's the thing, Annie. I experience what I call social justice overwhelm. And it's what you just described. Am I doing it right? Am I doing enough? Somebody's yep. going to be mad at me for not doing enough or doing yes. too much. Yes. Okay. So as I studied Amos, it reduced my social justice overwhelm because I realized, no, it is not activism. It's righteous action. That happens in the privacy of my neighborhood. That happens globally. Yeah. And it's fueled by love, not by the agenda. Wow. Right? right? And so when I really act accordingly, then I do get to live justly. But there's stuff yeah. that breaks my heart. Yeah. You know? And so even in this study, I, because it's video-based, I tell yeah. some really hard stories yeah. where I've bumped up into some social justice issues that really have broken my heart. But I'll tell you the hardest one for me that I believe shaped and informed how I have felt about this was my daddy during the civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, This was in 1967 or eight, you know, civil rights, uh, the the act had just passed, right? Yes. So my daddy was a Southern preacher in white churches. I'm a white woman. Okay. So he's a Southern preacher in white churches. And he had been called to a new church. In Georgia, right? In Georgia. Yeah, that's where I'm from. And uh, yeah. And they, like most white churches had said, like they had adopted these, I think they called them articles of inclusion. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Which meant if an African-American person wanted to come be a part of the church, they were welcome. And that was the situation until my dad had started a ministry to a rehab center down the street. And yeah. people from there were coming, white and black. Man, a rehab center in 1967. Yeah. Can you imagine? Wow. All right. So several people came, including a black woman, a young black woman. And she received Christ. My dad tells the story of how when she walked down the aisle, you know, he could just, there was a beautiful piece in the church. Yeah. Until he was shaking hands as people left. And um, one gentleman expressed like, you know, I don't feel real comfortable with her being baptized here. Wow. And that was the first indication there was trouble. Yeah. And word began to grow. Some deacons and some church members came to my dad's home that week and said, hey, we don't feel real good about this. Wow. And you can imagine. Now, as I tell this story now in 2023, 
Um, some people are saying, are you kidding me? Like, I can't believe that. Well, here's right. the thing. Theoretically, I can't either, but it was the reality. Yes. I don't like it. I'm embarrassed by it. It disgusts me, but it is the reality. Mm-hmm. So my dad taught me well, because evidently that's how he felt about it. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm baptizing her. Yeah. Well, he baptized her the next Sunday. Following that, some folks visited him again, including members of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, my gosh. It was terrible, Annie. Thankfully, he has written this story, and that's why I was able to recount it with the right detail. So the following Wednesday night, he shows up at church, and he says, the parking lot is full. (laughs) Like, nobody usually comes on a Wednesday night. And past members, non-members, all sorts of people were there. It was packed. Wow. It was a called business meeting. Within five minutes of his arrival, he was fired. (gasps) Oh! And his he was told, do not even go back to your office. Your things will be on the front lawn tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. So the next day, sure enough, he picks up his stuff. We live in a pastorium. Yeah. I'm like six yeah. years old at the time. Do you remember much of this? I do remember this part. Yeah. I remember having to move quickly. We even had to give away the dog. Oh. We had nowhere to go. So we packed the car. We went to Florida, lived with his parents, my Did grandparents. Did they explain to you? Not in detail, yeah. but over the following months, we I did learn more about it. Yeah, And my dad um, tells the story how, like at first, he was just in pastor mode, right? Yeah. Dad mode, husband mode, pack up the family, try to right. take care of the church members because, of, of course, church members were crushed. Yes. Not everyone yes. agreed with this That's horrible right. thing. And um, after the death settled emotionally, there he is at mom, mom, papa's house right. where he does not want to be. And he talks about one night, after many sleepless nights, he gets up in the middle of the night. He goes into the bathroom because it's the only place he could be alone. Yeah. Turns on the light. He's sitting on the edge of the bathtub, and he visualizes these three individual men who really were the instigators of this injustice. Yeah. And he talks about how he looked at each of them in the eye, in his mind's eye. And he forgave each of them. Wow. And how... Um, well, like Stormy O'Mardian says, this is my part. He didn't say this, but you know, that forgiveness did not make them right. Yes. But it made my dad free. Yes. And he talks about the freedom that came in following that because he was even thinking, I'm not even going to get another job. Like I'm a lightning rod. Who's going to want to hire me? Um, but the Lord just blessed him clearly. And my dad was such a picture of what it means, like in the book of Amos, to look out for the oppressed, to have a long obedience in the same direction, to live faithfully, even if it costs you everything because God's word is worth it. His people are worth it. And so now, decades later, as his daughter, I teach the Bible with the same conviction because my dad didn't just teach it. He lived it. And I'm so thankful. So, you know, I'm grateful that my dad um, really modeled what justice looks like. That was not activism. That no. was not activism. Right. That was righteous action fueled yeah. by love. Yes, because he didn't get anybody else involved. He just did the right thing. He just did the right yes, thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to watch, especially in the times of the internet, mm-hmm. of like, are people gathering up a lynch mob to come and deal with something on the internet, or are they actually going and fixing a problem in their community? Right. Right. And so your dad modeled it long before mm-hmm. any of us knew. Yeah. How right? to do that well. And yeah, there's many. I, I think yes. we stand on the shoulders of many giants who yes. are unseen. Yes. I mean, that is a little bit of the one of my favorite quotes that Louis Giggly and I, and I talked about a couple of weeks ago is preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. Yes. Amen. Right? Amen. I, I am very fine with people standing on our shoulders for generations mm-hmm. to come preaching the gospel and not remembering it's us down there. Amen. Right. And so we, you. you're, you're right. We will someday get to thank these people who paved the way for us and women getting to teach publicly and in mm-hmm. social justice that is fueled by love. And mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that's a beautiful thought. Hey friends, just taking a quick break from this conversation to tell you about another one of our amazing partners, Chime. Are you one of my friends who checks the bank website multiple times a day and has that credit score on your mind starting the moment you wake up? Well, let's change that. And also, chill out. (laughs) At Chime, they'll free up some of that mental space for you because they're always keeping your credit score at the top of their minds. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and 
doesn't affect your credit score. So get started at chime.com slash that sounds fun. That's chime.com slash that sounds fun. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. And now back to our conversation with Jennifer. Where do you go after Amos? I mean, it's new, so people are just yeah. experiencing it. But but I'm in the middle of something, and it's funny the way you phrase that question. Where do you go after Amos? Yeah. Here's my answer. Heaven. I'm writing a Bible study on heaven. Are you really? <laughs> yes. Wow. But I don't tend, intend to go there immediately yeah. upon release. <laughs> That's right. This is not an open... I'm not laying no. out the groundwork. No. Why heaven? Because I long for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I don't know what it is, Annie, but um, there is a tenderness that I have experienced toward heaven in the last year. And I think it's because I want the reality of that day to inform this day. Wow. Because some days are really hard. And some days we go, we just get weary in well-doing. And someday our fatigue, you know, it does feel heavier than our faith. And I am convinced of the long-term reality of heaven. So so if there is joy there, if there is a richness there, then I want to experience on this day. So I believe, you know, just like Scripture talks about encouraging each other with the reality of that day, well, then— to me, when I am the most discouraged, then my deepest encouragement is going to come from a true understanding of my eventual reality of heaven. Wow. So are you pulling from scriptures? Are you leaning on revelation? Are you going kind of all over the place? I think I'm going all over the place. But, yeah. you know, I'm still so new in the process that yeah. <laughs> I would love anyone to speak into the process <laughs> um, because I, I, I know that I want the Bible to explain the Bible yes. about heaven. That's yes. what I'm that is my first priority. Yes. I understand there's some who tell stories about going and coming back and what it was like, which is lovely for them. <laughs> Good both. for them. Good for them. Welcome back. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't want postcards from heaven from someone else. I yeah. want to hear what the Bible says about heaven because yeah. that's the only thing I can truly trust. Yes. And I need to trust what the Bible says about heaven for my own sense of placement here on earth and yeah. my own encouragement. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to start with, I am starting with basically a word study who talked about heaven, what they said about it, and then eventually get to heaven because, I mean, get to revelation because that is the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah. I think it's got to be so fun. It is for me, for our friends listening to get to hear you say like, I'm in the mining process. Like this is the very beginning. I have a question and I'm just starting to dig up all the answers I can dig up and see what sticks by the time you write the study yeah. and it releases. Yeah. We were there at the beginning with you. <laughs> well, it's like the archaeology part right yes. now, not the architect. Yes. So yes. I'm, I'm being the archaeologist now, and then wow. I will become an architect. Wow. Yeah, and then trust the Lord just to decorate the thing and make it work. I mean, I think you model this so well for us that, like, you kind of go back and forth. I mean, even your study on emotions mm-hmm. and on, like, where Jesus meets us in our emotions, missing pieces. Oh, missing pieces. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then me myself and lies both of them have this thematic mm-hmm. lean and then you have Hosea Psalm 23 Amos like you're like sometimes I'm going to talk to you mm-hmm. about a thing and sometimes we're just going to go through the book of the Bible yeah yeah that's Cause, incredible because we have both needs yeah and we have the need to be equipped to do both of those yeah. things yeah we yeah really do. that's right so for any of our friends listening who are are dreaming of writing a Bible study They've been sitting in yours, Beth, Priscilla. Mm. They've sat through their church and they're like, but what our church needs is fill in the blank. Mm. Should they write it? Should they go find it? What's the right move? Well, I always write the Bible studies that I need to read. Yeah. Okay. So I always do that. So if you're feeling led like, oh, we really need such and such, well, then maybe you are the one to begin doing the mining process. But here's the other thing. 
I always make sure before I write anything that I see who else has written on it. Oh, because wow. if it has been said, who am I to say it twice? Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to use my time like that, Jennifer. That's a bigger thing. If someone else, if you already wrote it, you know what I'm not going to do? Write it. That's exactly I'm just right. going to send people to you on Hosea, not me. I don't need exactly. that. That's awesome. Okay, so our friends send in questions mm-hmm. through the AFD Week interview email. So can we ask answer yeah. a couple of the questions people have? Go for it. I mean, I thought this was so interesting. This is from Brandy. She says, because you're visually impaired, when people come up to meet you and share their stories, what goes through your mind about what they might look like mm. from what you remember from being a sighted person? That's such a great question, I thought so, Brandy. too. I thought that was so, so cool. So interesting. Well, typically, I take someone's hand, all right? Uh-huh. You can tell a lot about a person's hand. Oh, wow. You can tell if they you know, work outside, yeah. if they have an indoor job, if they're young, if they're old, if they're a larger person, a smaller person. So I usually get a quick image just from touching the hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's the funny thing. The longer I have been blind, the less I care what someone looks like. Wow. The less I try to conjure a visual. Yeah. I am, I'm just so honed in on their words yes. normally right away that, you know, I just don't notice that. In fact, there was one time I was doing something and talking with a woman. I just loved, you know, said goodbye to her. And someone was with me and said, I just love that we had so much diversity here. And I had Absolutely no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> and right. I'm like working so hard. And I finally said, what do you mean? Because yeah. I'm like trying to figure out. She goes, oh, you didn't, she was black. I'm like, oh, oh no idea. Didn't yeah. notice. Didn't care. Yeah. So that was a moment for me where I was like, man, I've been blind a long time. Like that doesn't even enter my mind. She's <laughs> yeah. not She's not either or. She's yeah. just a dear woman who yeah. I got to talk to. One of our friends, Natalie, she's doing missing pieces right now. And she loves like you talking about menopause mm. and all these other topics. So she has two questions. I love them both. <laughs> she's like, what topics are most important to you right now? If menopause was important when you were writing <laughs> missing pieces, what other life things are going on right now that are informing Amos and heaven? Like mm. what else? are you walking through? Mm. Good question. You have great I'm audience. They're, they're awesome. They are on it. Okay. Um, well, what I'm going to say is not a bad thing. Okay. Even though it will sound negative. Okay. Discouragement. Yeah. I fight discouragement frequently. Yeah. And that is not because I don't love Jesus or he doesn't love me. That yep. doesn't mean that I have catastrophes in my life. Yep. But it, it can mean that too at times, yeah. right? Yeah. But the point is life can be hard. Yes. yes. And so I am just finding courage in scripture, courage yeah. in studying scripture. And yes, I also find that I'm not the only one who deals with discouragement. No. And it can be like the smallest thing that can set me yes. off, right? <laughs> and um, so... I that's that's probably just yeah, what it is. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning in a bad mood. Yeah, and, and you're I like, was, why? Yeah, I was like, why? And I mm-hmm. was like, guess what? You you have all these great things coming at work today, including seeing you and Doctor mm-hmm. Phil, and and also I got to say to myself, I bet some of that do- is true. What you're feeling, mm-hmm. and also here's what Scripture says. Exactly. And so that is discouragement is an important a part of life. Yeah. Um, okay. Natalie also wants to know who does your makeup and who picks out your clothes. Well, I do my own makeup. So my mom taught me, so I didn't become blind until I was 15, yep. and she taught me how to do my own makeup, and yeah. it all involves counting. So like, I know how many times to blush my brush blush on my wow. cheekbone, you know, and it Did all Did she works teach perfect. you on purpose knowing you were Well, it was after I lost my sight. Got she it. taught okay. me. And okay. so it's all counting. Now, here's the funny thing, That is though. brilliant. I still do it. Yeah. I've had to change my system just slightly, you yes. know, for style and aging. Sure. Okay, but I have like a stud husband, and so- in the last couple of years, anyone who's aging will notice this. Your eyelashes, like, they get thinner, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, they fall out, and I'm like, where in the world are they? And then I feel my chin. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there they are. Anyway, so, like, when I'm on stage, yeah. my husband, Phil, learned how to put on lashes for me. Oh, my gosh, fake lashes? So he puts Brilliant. on. So if you see me on stage Phil. or on camera and I have pretty lashes, it's because of yes. Phil. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I do that. But, yeah, I pick out my own clothes in that. I know what styles I like and what colors I like. Yes. And I do have the Fashion Patrol who helped me pick it out and yep. give it the green light. Yep. Oh, that, that's what I do on the road too. And I'm, mm-hmm. you'll see, I wear about three things every season. Yep. My uniforms. stylist will hand them to me and take a picture even and say, here's the jewelry, here's the shirt, here's the pants, here's the shoes. And I thank you very much. I pull it up. And like when we're out on tour and it's, you know, 12, yes. 12 shows in three weeks, yes. I have to look at pictures because I don't know what you goes don't remember. together. And yeah, yes. it, that, yeah. And it's so I just stressful. pay attention. Yes. I'm with you. <laughs> I just look at the pictures. <laughs> okay. So we have the whole, a whole bunch of time together this year. Is there anything we did? didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? No, I, you you got it, girl. Oh, man. This like is talking so with fun. you is like getting caught up in a tornado. I know. <laughs> 
I think everyone feels that. I'm sorry and I'm not sorry. No, it's a great thing. I just love all the different things you know. Yeah. And I didn't I want I didn't want to leave any of it out. So thank you for doing this. You know the last question we always ask. Mm -hmm. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. What sounds fun to you? All right, here's what sounds fun to me. Really strong coffee. You do love coffee. I love it. How many cups a day do you drink? Oh, four. Oh, and then you make yourself stop? Yeah, no. Yeah, then I make myself stop. Then I go to decaf. (laughs) Okay. So don't ever do a show on insomnia and invite me. I would not be a good guest. Um, Dark chocolate. Okay. A BFF and a facial all at once. Oh, yeah. That sounds so fun. That sounds great. Facials, I feel like I am learning how to age. I'm Mm -hmm. 42. Mm -hmm. I am new to figuring out what feels right to me and what doesn't. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've crossed this as well. I understand that, yes. And... And it is very interesting how we all, I mean, do you remember this in your 40s? We all are just kind of making different choices about what to do with our faces. Yes. And facials are such a good common ground. Everybody feels good about facials. Everybody does. <laughs> and it's like it's like a massage that you don't have to get all, you know, for. Yeah. Like and, it, and oily. You don't get yes, oily everywhere no, for. It's just yeah. like you just feel so... sandpapered and polished and ready to go. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, I'll see you this weekend in coming Georgia. Yes, and it's going to be great. I can't wait. Thanks for having me. That is such an honor to get to, you know, you're trusting me with your women, and that means a ton to me. I cannot wait for my women to get Annie F. Downs. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right. Love you, friend. Thanks for doing this. Love you. Oh, friends, isn't she the best? I cannot believe I get to be on the road with her this year. Y'all, it's going to be so fun. I hope some of y'all are joining us even this weekend in coming Georgia. I will be there. Jennifer will be there. It'll be so fun. Y'all grab your copy of Amos. Get your friends together. Y'all study that one. And check to see if I'm coming to another Fresh Grounded event somewhere near you this year. Make sure you're following Jennifer on social media so you can tell her thanks for being on the show. Well, we got to hear what sounds fun to her. Now let's hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. Okay, Dustin, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. I'm Dustin from Huntsville. And honestly, what sounds fun to me is resting with my family. Yeah. Um, Yeah, life has been so busy and I feel like I'm missing out on a lot and just some quality time with them doing something fun or nothing at all just with them sounds so much fun do you live are you talking about like a wife and kids or are you talking about your parents and siblings wife and kids okay yes how old are the kids um i have a six-year-old and a nine-month-old oh my gosh a nine-month-old so not only are you not getting to rest at home you're not sleeping when you are there probably all that much huh uh some yeah (laughs) a little a little (laughs) what do y'all like to do for fun um, we love to be outdoors. We yeah. love going to shows. Shows are our thing. Yeah. Concerts and musicals, and um, we love that. And our, our oldest loves it. So yeah. just to get to hang out with them. Yeah. So like a Saturday, let's say you had a Saturday afternoon free, and it's you and your mm-hmm. wife and the kids. What are we doing? Are we sitting? Are you watching movies? Are you playing outside? Are you going on an adventure? What's resting look like? We're probably going on an adventure. We're yeah. going... Somewhere doing something that they enjoy, and uh, really it doesn't matter what it is as long as they have a good time. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Living in Huntsville, do you eat a lot of space ice cream? I don't, actually. (gasps) Dustin, I feel like you're missing out. That stuff is so good. No, I know. I know. There's much better ice cream. That's fair. You're right. There's actual ice cream besides that. Well done. Good answer. Good answer. Oh, I love it. It's so fun. You guys, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is getting my nails done. Y'all, they are. They are raggedy. That's what sounds fun to me. And also, I got to have good nails before I go start speaking this weekend. So it's going to happen. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with a return visit from our actual winners of the most times on the podcast. Rachel Myers and Amanda Bible Williams are here from She Reads Truth. We're talking all things Lent 2023. We'll see y'all then.